This is Family Impact, a weekly ministry of the Christian Grandparenting Network, building a legacy that matters generation to generation. Here is the host of Family Impact, Kevin Harper. Thanks, Tom, and welcome to another edition of Family Impact, building a legacy that matters through gospel-shaped family discipleship generation to generation. Our returning guest today is John Stone Street, president of the Colson Center for Christian Worldview and co-author of A Practical Guide to Culture. John is back with us today, and as I'm sure you've already gleaned from our previous conversation, this is a man with great wisdom and understanding from whom we can learn much. So let's dive back in with John on this topic of navigating the cultural waters without getting swept away by them. So uh, it's great to have John Stone Street back with us again today. And uh, John, you laid some good foundations for us in our last conversation about culture and uh, the underlying currents that uh, have gotten us to where we are today. But part of, part of that relates to what you mentioned in Chapter 2 in your book about the importance of keeping the story straight. So what are some of those pieces that we've allowed to kind of slip away from the story? That I'm speaking to us as grandparents now. What have, what have we done in letting that story get lost to a certain degree? Well, I think anytime there's kind of a, a moment of cultural chaos, it's tempting to think that the larger story or, or lose sight of the larger story that the scripture gives us. And that's fundamentally, by the way, what the scripture gives us. It, it doesn't just give us kind of a set of moral norms or a, you know, a plan of salvation, although it does all that. But what the scripture ultimately gives us uh, is a the, the grand narrative of all of reality, the story of creation to new creation, where everything came from, what went wrong, uh, what God did to fix it, and where history is headed. Uh, it's a complete world and life view that the scripture gives us, a big framework. And so our cultural moment is serious. We've got a lot going on, but it's just that it's a moment. It's a moment within the larger story. And I think every generation of Christians in every cultural context has to take that task seriously, not to rethink the story from the position of the moment, you know, as if to think things like, for example, that all has been lost or, yeah. or that we have to change, you know, or that we have to change kind of historic Christian norms to accommodate new cultural fashions. No, no, no. we can only understand the moment from the story. We don't rethink the story from the moment. The story gives us that big map that lets us have that little, you know, if you ever go to a map at a mall and you see that little yellow arrow that says, you are here. You need mm. the big story to know where you're at. And that's what we've got to keep straight, uh, even in this time where things seem to be so in flux when it comes to our culture. What would you say to those of us in, our, in my generation, grandparents, that we need to, to do in order to make sure that we have that story straight? Well, I think one of the things is is to to be immersed in the story in, in the scriptures. I mean, uh, and, and I think sometimes we're immersed in you know news, or we're immersed in you know tradition, or we're immersed in conservatism or liberalism or whateverism it is that we have embraced. And ultimately, we need to be immersed in the scriptures. Uh, and, and realize that that's the true story of the world. And all these other things are important. I'm not saying ignore these things. All these other things have to be understood in light of that. And so that's really what we've got to do. And, and then also, I think, to take that story seriously, help, you know, if you look at Scripture, Scripture 
talk so much about our faith being multi-generational. That's why I love, Kevin, what you've been about here for so many years, just helping grandparents stay in the game. Um, you know, our cultural moment tells grandparents that, you know, their job is to pass on an inheritance and, uh, you know, to basically get out of the way. Uh, now, the biblical story says that older generations are to mentor younger generations. And so we have a place, a, a, a role to play in the lives of the next generation. And if we don't take it seriously, the next generation is going to get lost. So, you know, that's an example. What are some practical ways that we can create space uh, for the kinds of questions that the younger generations would want to even ask of us that allow us to tell the story? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, and the book, by the way, is chock full of practical advice. I mean, we called it a practical guide and, and we really wanted it to be practical. You know, you know here's the first thing is that uh, grandparents can't believe the cultural lie that the younger generation wants nothing to do with them. And this has become a very, I think, insidious and powerful lie, especially over the last couple of years when there's such a divide between older generations and younger generations. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast feel that, you know, because of their political views or their moral views that differ so greatly from the next generation. And a lot of times then there's no room for relationship. We have got to counter that by actually relating to the next generation. And so to not believe that lie, uh, that they don't want to hear from us, they don't want a relationship with us, has to be accompanied with intentional time, effort, and energy to, to foster strong relationships. And that takes a sacrifice on, on many people's parts. Uh, you know, one of my colleagues uh, who uh, works with us at the Colson Center, he took this idea so seriously, he moved. You know, he said, look, my, my grandkid is in another state. Um, and I see them once a year, and that needs to change if I'm going to really take this relationship part seriously. Good for him. Um, it was good for him, and it's been a kind of a remarkable thing for him. And, and to, to kind of counter that lie that our culture sells this older generation is, is, is super important. Uh, the other thing is the, the power of questions. Um, we need to have a handful of relationship-building questions. Uh, in our pocket. Uh, a lot of times we find ourselves with the next generation we don't want to say. Um, and, uh, but, you know, we can take a cue from the two greatest educators in history. This is what Jesus did. It's what Socrates did. They asked really good questions. But you look at the pair, you know, look at the New Testament. When someone came to Jesus with a question, he'd often ask a, a better question in response. And, uh, and I think on some of these really controversial issues, there's a handful of questions you can keep in your back pocket to, to have an influence on the next generation, to talk about things that matter, and to help create discernment. Uh, the first one is, what do you mean by that? Um, you know, the power of culture is in the power of definition of words. Mm. Uh, we live in a culture that assumes, and our kids have embraced the definition of words like love and freedom and sex and marriage and truth and, and meaning and, and gender uh, from our culture, and we need to fight for that definition. And we talked about the whole same-sex marriage thing was driven on the idea of marriage equality. When I talk to the younger generation, they say, I want marriage equality. I say, well, I do too. But wait a minute, what do you mean by marriage? Because if we're going to say something's equal to marriage, we need to know what marriage is. And that's where same-sex marriage fails. Or something like, you know, the slogan, love is love. Well, that's not true. Uh, how I love my wife is different than how my, I love my kids and how I love my dog. 
right? And so love isn't love. Love has everything to do with the party. So that's what, when somebody says, you know, uh, you know, love is love. I say, well, wait a minute. What do you mean by love? C.S. Lewis said there were at least four different loves that we need to take seriously. Um, And so that question, what do you mean by that is big. We have, by the way, five or six questions in the book. Let me just give one more, Kevin, Mm because this one's really important. How do you know that's true? How do you know that's true? There's so many things that just get assumed, you know, I was born this way. Well, how do you know that's true? What research is there? Would you, you know, this is an invitation to go study an issue with someone else. Um, I mean, you can kind of go down the line um, of all kinds of issues, not just about sexuality, but about uh, all kinds of the, the cultural ways we face. And, and there are assumptions that take place in our culture. And what that does is it means that we never actually have a real conversation about what's happening. Uh, so that question, what do you mean by that? How do you know that's true? Can hopefully help um, build relationships and good conversation with the next generation. And perhaps even following that up, so what if it's not true? What difference would that make? Um, That's right. And even what if it is true? Right? I, once had a, I, well, I once had a woman tell me on an airplane, like, you know, John, you know, you don't need any, anybody to tell you what's right and wrong. Just look inside. I was like, well, wait a minute. What if I look inside and decide that what's true and right for me is to torture little babies for fun, right? I mean, you know, in other words, if she's right, the consequences are dreadful, not just if she's wrong. And that's the way that some of these ideas are. And by the way, you do have, and at the end of all of your chapters, you have some great discussion questions for people to uh, employ. And so those are also good places for conversation with peers as well as uh, our children and grandchildren. So they need to know about that. So let's talk a little bit about these pounding cultural waves that you mentioned, these lies that sometimes we're facing. Uh, give us just a couple of examples of some of those cultural waves and how they, how they stand in contrast to God's story. You talk in each of those chapters as you discuss each of these topics, action steps that they can take. Share just a few examples of what that might be what they might be finding. Yeah. I mean, well, there, there's some that are kind of obviously more obvious than others. I mean, some of the bigger ones right now are the ones having to do with sexuality and obviously, you know, the LGBT movement, um, um, it, it makes up two of those chapters, for example, the uh, homosexual relationships and same sex marriage and also transgenderism. And uh, what we talk about there is uh, in, in each of these kind of cultural ways, we talk about kind of what the current scenario is in culture. What are the lies that are behind, uh, behind the, the, the current situation that we face ourselves? And then what is the biblical perspective? And then we point to a ton of resources and a ton of questions. Uh, there's also, of course, pornography. So some of these are kind of lies that our students believe because, you know, they might not identify as LGBT or anything like that. So they might not be, you know, kind of personally engaged. But pornography is something that, you know, Basically, I think about 80% as some of the numbers, 50 to 80% of kids in high school have at least uh, fooled around with. And some of these lies are lies that we as older generations need to realize that we have bought into. So, I mean, you talk about consumerism and affluence and stuff like that. Um, It's easy for us to um, pick out some of these current lies that have popped up like the LGBT, same-sex marriage and all that kind of stuff. But some of these that you discussed here. I mean, this this comes back to how we got to where we are to some degree as well. No, that's exactly right, and and that's one of the 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 the, the, the weaknesses I'd say of 
kind of our culture where it's been is that we've really been able to create a, a world in which we find meaning and hope and answers outside of God. Now, it's a false meaning, but that's really the lie of consumerism. Uh, you know, Blaise Pascal, the great French apologist, said that, uh, you know, we have a he famously said, we have a God-shaped hole in our hearts that can only be filled by God. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, after the Second World War and all the means of production started to turn to producing all these goods, and we went from being a production society to a cons- consumption society, pretty soon we started to think, you know, in fact, you just watch enough commercials on television. And it's not that we have a God-shaped hole, it's that we have a Lexus-shaped hole that can only be filled <laughs> by Lexus, or we have a beach house-shaped hole that can only be filled by another beach house, or we have a golf-shaped hole, or we have a, you know, just fill in the blank. There's all kinds of lies that we believe. Um, so it's not just, you're right, it's not just the, the generation. I mean, talk about even pornography. I mean, look, 80% of kids engage in pornography. How many grandparents don't engage in pornography, right? I mean, it's still a real struggle for men and, and, and women as well. Um, and so these cultural lies, these cultural ways are things we all face. We all do face. And you, you mentioned in your book, as a great statement that being in the world but not of it means that we are agents of redemption. So what, what kind of final advice would you want to give to grandparents as you're speaking to them concerning how they can be that agent of redemption? Well, that no one, no one other than parents will have the influence on the next generation that grandparents have. Uh, or can potentially have. Now, I know some some folks are listening to this going, yeah, you don't understand. It's not my situation. My grandkids could care less or whatever. I, I think that's, that's really, a, a, by and large, not always, but by and large, it's often a choice on how hard we're willing to work mm-hmm. uh, at this. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing how much time, energy uh, was invested in building careers, building companies, building a life, building wealth. Are we really willing to invest that same sort of energy into solving this problem, uh, which is how our kids are uh, relating to and understanding culture around us? And uh, we have a huge role to play as parents and and a huge role to play as grandparents. And so that's my admonition. If you're willing to jump in, it's going to take some work, but you can have an incredible influence. Uh, on that next generation. Um, and so hopefully in a practical guide to culture, we've given some tools that people can get up to speed uh, when it comes to specific topics, maybe that they're facing, you know, addiction or race, uh, you know, the, the, the race chaos that we've had in America or any of these other things. There's a whole set of resources that can allow you to go even deeper um, and learn more, um, as you need to, to engage that, uh, engage, you know, your kids and grandkids. And, and I, I want my listeners to also understand you don't, it's not about your credentials. I mean, you don't have to have a PhD, you don't have to, have to be a biblical scholar in order to do this stuff. I mean, this is what every one of us is supposed to be doing and we can do that. We can be that agent. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's, that's, that's really, really well said. And, and Kevin, that's why I appreciate so much what you, you've been about, uh, and helping grandparents stay in the game. I mean, that's a cultural lie that, you know, grandparents you move off to the side. I mean, look, that's, that's, you know, for everything from kind of, you know, get off into your retirement village and, you know, leave us alone. The kids buy into that. And I mean, in the extreme of that, of course, is doctor assisted suicide laws, which is once you lose your productivity, it's time to put you 
not only out the pasture, but to sleep. I mean, this is a culture-wide lie hmm. uh, that impacts how we grandparent every day. And so, um, you know, God help us get beyond that and stay in the game. Well, John, thanks so much for tackling all of this and writing this book. I can't tell you, I, I, I got a copy of this book and read it immediately, cover to cover. I mean, it was just a great tool and resource. I want every grandparent to, to know about it and to have it in their arsenal. Uh, you may say, I don't know what to do. Well, this book will help you know what to do. So make sure you get a copy of A Practical Guide to, to Culture. Uh, by John Stone Street and Brett Kunkel. Uh, again, as John mentioned, it's available on Amazon or at the Colson Center website. Uh, get it. Uh, make it. Take advantage of the tool. There are other tools out there. You're connected with Summit Ministries, John. I think grandparents ought to be paying the way for their grandchildren to attend a Summit conference. Yeah, I think that's a great way to, to sponsor them and put them in a situation well, they'll have a great experience and learn an awful lot. I worked with Summit for years. I still do a lot of teaching for them. And uh, that's a, a, t- a two-week camp uh, that wrestles with issues in culture and, uh, and things they're going to face in college. And it helps them really preserve their faith. So that's a, that's a great investment as well. It is a great investment. And there are a lot of other op- opportunities and tools and resources. John, thanks so much for taking time to share Uh, your insights on this. This has been great. And um, I'm sure our questions are going to be flowing in from people wanting to know more. And uh, maybe we can do another uh, podcast somewhere down the road. I'd be honored. Thanks so much, Kevin. Thanks for your leadership in this area. Oh, thank you, John. God bless. Wow, John has given us some great information and practical ideas to help us overcome the lies that distort the real story that God created for us to live with meaning and purpose and the importance of building strong relationships in order to have productive dialogue generation to generation about the cultural claims facing us every day. As John reminded us, we can't afford to withdraw and sit on the sidelines. There's just too much at stake if we do. So again, let me encourage you to get a copy of John's book, A Practical Guide to Culture. In fact, why not get two or more copies and give one to each of your adult children as well? Then you can sit down together and talk about it. How great would that be? Again, I hope you will post your comments about this conversation with John. We always love to hear from you on all of our listeners. You see, your comments help us know how to continually develop the topics that are important to you. Well, until next time, I'm Kevin Harper, your host on Family Impact. May God bless you and empower you to shape the culture rather than be shaped by it so you can build a legacy for your grandchildren that is worth outliving you, one that makes much of Christ and his gospel.